0: Well, good morning, everybody. I'm gonna have to preach fast this morning. My battery on my phone is almost dead, so you'll get the you'll get the full sermon. I think the rest of the world might get half. I don't know. You know how I preach. Give me a verse and I'll preach for several hours. So anyway, hey, I gotta start off by saying, who would have imagined in 2018 we'd be experiencing all the nonsense of twenty 20 and 2021. I mean, no way. I would have never imagined in a million years. Anybody else? I just like, whoa. And then when someone says, "Oh, that would never happen," and I go, "Really? <laughs> Where have you been in the last two years?" You know, in, in 2018, we started a whole new focus and mindset, and and it was the power of positive to build momentum. And I really love it because every, every Sunday morning I get to read some really cool notes of, of words of encouragement. And that's, that's how this got started. And the Lord knew that we would really need to be positive in this day and age. Amen. Man, how many of you love to turn on the news? No. No. Okay, I avoid the news, man. I avoid the news. And you'll say, how are you so positive? I say, well, what's the alternative? Okay, what's the alternative? You know, you get to choose, see? You get to choose. And uh, if you're in Christ, praise God, you're on your way to heaven, and you're getting things figured out. It's this process of growth. And uh, you know what? Times have been crazy in the world before. There's nothing new. It's just different. This, you know. So here we go. Ryan, your message was awesome. Time. There you go. I love that. That was awesome. Mrs. Parks, I'm so glad you are my Bible class teacher, Braxton. Man, you're growing those boys up to be encouragers, aren't you? That's good. That's That's just her mother. Well, look at this one. No way. Here we go. Justine, it's right here. It was right on top. I'm not kidding you. Justine, I am so thankful for the strong and loving servant you are, for your family, And the church family, you are an amazing servant in the Lord's work. Let's give it up for Justine. I was going to add a few other things in Justine about the amazing wife that you are, and and you should get hazard pay and battle pay and all that stuff. But I decided I didn't want to get hurt after assembly. So I I know Bill went missing. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness eric i was so appre- i was so appreciative of your bible class lessons you have a way of teaching so down to earth and in real life terms right where we live thank you you are a great teacher can i get an amen on that one yeah wow if you haven't heard his bible class lessons you need to get online and uh listen to those on our facebook page they're they're great or our website uh, Kirk, thanks for using your your unexpected free time to serve the body of Christ in a whole bunch of different ways and uh, I could name a few but I won't all right so let's see where are we at oh announcements 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 if you are confused about what o- October is all about well here you go I got a plan for you the calendars are right out there, and really, that's going to lead me into uh, this week Monday night. We are having Monday night, and uh, young people, uh, if you'd be willing to make sure you bring your Bibles and your grubbies. That when I say grubbies, I mean you know clothes that aren't really super, you know church dress stuff. Okay, that'd be great if you would. I'd appreciate it. You got a plan for your life too. All right, Bible study and Sharon's going. What are you talking about? Don't worry, honey. I got it under control. So our place at 5:45 wednesday night dinner at our place it's not that we're trying to hog all the fellowship it's just that you know when when we have a, a family that hosts each month to open their house to wednesday evenings and sunday nights That's just how we do it so uh tonight it'll be at our place and the wednesday night dinner six o'clock and then study at seven we have a guest preacher they'll be preaching on wednesday night kirk parks he does a great job and then Thursday, is Thursday ladies' study on? And then where are you all going to be on Saturday the 6th? Here. Here, of course. Why would you want to be here on a Saturday? Well, it's Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. Woo! Lots of good stuff. How many of, you have seen, how many of you have seen what Melissa Parks has been doing with her spare time? Yeah. How many have seen what she's been doing? Oh, my goodness gracious, I'll tell you what. She's going to sell a million dollars worth of stuff. Uh, some of it's going to be my money, and so uh, anyway, it's it's absolutely amazing. So what it is is it's a holiday gifts and decorations, and uh, I'm buying a gift for the wonderful uh, print shop that does all of our printing for pumpkin spice for free. So I'm buying one of your one of your amazing vases or whatever it is that you have that's left. I'll be here early, and so if you want to get here early, you're going to get the good stuff. If you wait until about noon, sorry, you get what's left over. So. Saturday the 6th from 9 in the morning till, till 3 in the afternoon. I almost said 6. 9 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon. It's a great time. And you know what's really cool? A lot of people come here and they go, it's so nice to live in a positive, normal experience. And the last year was really big. We doubled our, our receipts just because we were joyful, happy, positive, holidays, normal you know so there you go i'm excited about that and let's see oh did i say there's dinner at our place at six o'clock on wednesday night don't forget fellowship dinner if you want to have some good grub come on over all right i got them all do we got any birthdays we do have some birthdays all right here we go read your bulletin elijah happy birthday man are you 17 now Almost. You can't be 17. I remember when you were a little squirmy little baby. No way. Weird. 17? God. You know what that means I am, don't you? Really old. Wow. All right. Let's see. Oh, Holly. There you go. Holly. He's 17, too. You look 17. You're so pretty. So, cool. Your husband's got gray in his beard, though. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Brian, can you help me afterwards? (laughs) All right. Okay, wow. That one just slipped out. I don't know why that just slipped out. It's understandable. I don't have any. It's all falling out. All right, let's sing happy birthday. Before I get killed. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. you. Happy Happy birthday, birthday. God bless you. Happy Happy birthday birthday to you. you. All right. Oh, you know, I did forget one thing. If you want to bring some really awesome stuff to the pumpkin spice holiday bazaar, um, it's amazing. Now, did you want baked goods or anything? Anything. Oh, this is for the baked goods, okay? Uh, I'm commissioning my wife to make some of the most amazing pies you've ever seen in your life. And so uh, they're they're uh, world-renowned. That's for a different sign-up. That sign-up is yeah, yeah for the individually wrapped baked goods, not for the whole. Individually wrapped baked goods, okay. Just individually wrapped baked goods. Next right. week, they'll bring the one for the pumpkin pie. Thank walk. you. All right. So uh, we spent, uh, just a real quick announcement, we spent tons of money on these air scrubbers, and they're great. So these we only need two for this, this facility. We bought three, and I won't tell you how much they cost because you'd start crying. But we also spent a ton of money on bug eradication. Yeah, so I'm calling... The uh, bug company said, get your fanny back down here and get the job done. So if you see critters flying through the air, they don't bite, thank goodness. And for those of you who are new, okay, Tyler, for those of you who are new, Brittany, it's kind of wild, but it's actually they're much better or much less this year than in years past. I know you're shocked. It's like, really? Anybody else just visiting? Mom, Sandy, guess what? You know, they're better than they have been. They don't bother me. They don't bother me either. I've just you know, been living with them. So anyway, just so you all know, that's kind of how we roll here. So, yes, sir. Uh-oh. Can we can we talk before you talk? Okay, so what do you got to say, Alton? What, what, where's the money going for the pumpkin spice? I don't know. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, every year we've done the pumpkin spice, so the money goes to the orphans at the Octoberskaya shelter in Belarus. Uh, Every year in the fall, it seems like there's an influx uh, because as they get near the holidays, there's a lot more drink and a lot more drug use over there. So kids uh, are out on the street. So the the orphanage grows, unfortunately, in the fall. And so we buy uh, winter coats, winter boots. We buy Christmas presents. And in years past, I've gone over and dressed up as Father Frost, but probably not going to happen this year. So they'll still get the presents from Father Frost. It's just going to have to be a Belarusian knockoff of the real thing. So that's, that's how that's how we roll with the money. That? Cool. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I probably should have shared that. So All right. So I think we are all done now with announcements. Grab your Bibles. Turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 12, Hebrews in chapter 12, and I should turn the audio on now. Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to begin verse 1 and 2, and then we'll be turned to Ephesians and chapter 2 after we read these two verses. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race set before us fixing our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured this cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of god and let us also turn to a book of ephesians and chapter 2 Uh, And I have worked uh, a long time and I'm continuing to work on this verse. There's so much to it. But in verse 10, listen to what uh, the apostle Paul writes in verse 10. After talking about our being saved by God's grace through our faith based upon the word of God. Look what he says in verse 10. For we Christians are his God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. I'm going to talk a little bit more about what is actually being said there. It's absolutely phenomenal in regards to who we are as Christians and our purpose and our, our design and our purpose in this life. And so, brethren, let me just share with you that we were made for times like these we were made created in christ jesus for times like these and you need to recognize and understand though the world may be freaking out we can understand as christians that this world is passing away it is a, a disposable you say what yeah it's like a big pin it's disposable The world is not going to last forever. And I got news for you. The United States might not last forever. Rome didn't. Greece didn't. You know, the Assyrian Empire didn't. Babylon didn't. So who do you think? Well, we're better than them. Well, maybe we are. But the reality is, is kingdoms come and go. But the church and God's plan is forever. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want to be in the kingdom that lasts forever. And it's not the United States. Now, man, I have to tell you, I am so thankful to be an American. I am. I really am. We have had the most temporal prosperity and temporal freedom than any country or kingdom that's ever existed for the common middle class person. Most societies are super rich and everybody else which is usually the slave class and if you were to go to the former Soviet republic it's super rich and the slave class and they will tell you that well behind closed doors we need to recognize we have been so blessed but in that blessing i think we've kind of lost who we are as christians kingdom first kingdom first and so that's what this is really about this morning prepare to endure And notice how to win the race. We talked about the race last week, didn't we? You know what the race is? It's the course that Jesus has established for us to get to heaven. And I don't want about you, but I want to stay on that course. I want to stay on that path. I don't want to deviate from the course that he's called us to. We're going to talk about what that's about this morning. How to win the race. How to actually secure heaven yes it's through the sacrifice of jesus christ yes as we are obedient to the gospel and we receive the forgiveness of sins and the indwelling presence of the holy spirit you're on the road to heaven but you have to remain faithful and sometimes as we talked about last week the road gets kind of rough you got to put it in more than four-wheel drive you need a little bit of jesus driving and that's what it's all about so please follow this morning if you would Let's take a look now back at the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews in chapter 12, as we have been working on, notice there are so many faithfuls that have gone on before us. For those people in the New Testament that were listening, there were people like David and and, uh, uh, Elijah, great men, servants of the Most High. But you know, there have been great men that have gone on before us. Norm Fox, great man of God. I'm so thankful for him. And he touched my life in a little way, but he's touched others in this audience in a huge way. Grandpa Penny changed my life, not by preaching at me, but by loving on me when I was a knucklehead, you know, 19, 20-year-old idiot. And he still loved me. And uh, I just am so thankful for that kind of Christian man. So really, we need to recognize and understand that this great cloud of witnesses Some of you are a part of that great cloud of witnesses for the next generation. All of us are called to be, and it's a choice we have to make. Will we live like the Lord Jesus Christ, as was shared this morning by Kirk, and will be shared again here in just a moment. Well, if you go back in chapter 12, and then it says, let us lay aside every encumbrance, the things that trip us up in this life, and then lay aside the sin, which can really sidetrack us and send us on the wrong, uh, wrong way. But then he says, as we talked about last week, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice the race is set. The race is set. I know some of you have run the Eugene Marathon. Wasn't it you that run the Eugene Marathon, Brian? No. No? You ran something. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) Such disrespect. Okay, anyway, you were absolutely right. It was was sad. But did you know that they set a course? They set a course for the Eugene Marathon. It's not like, hey, I'm showing up. I'm just going to run 26 point. How far? 26.2 miles. I'll let you know I ran it when I'm done. No way. There are checkpoints you got to run the course. If you don't run the course, you don't win the prize. Well, for me, I didn't win the prize. I got the participation award, okay? so uh, But see, we want to win. And that's what this is about. We want to win heaven. And so the course is set. But how do you win? That's what today is about. How do you win? So let's take a look. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says there, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's the first First part, part number one, focus on the leader. Focus on the leader. Well, I looked up that word fixing. It means to consider attentively. In other words, you're really focused on a particular concept or idea. And you know what? If you could dig deeper, it means uh, to stare at, to perceive and discern clearly. Now, I know there are some guys in here that like to people watch. You're saying, guys, one in particular, but I won't tell you what his name is. Watch out. He's got you dialed in. I mean, that was what he did professionally for years. Man, he knows. And so he knows when your eyes are going, woo. he knows what you're thinking. And when your lip kind of quivers, he goes, ah, okay, I know what you're thinking. It's frightening. See, he just gets that missile lock and you are, well, he just knows you know, we need to get missile lock. We need to get an absolute focus on who Jesus is. And you know, you can know who Jesus is by looking through the pages of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you can know what Jesus lives like, looks like, speaks like by going through the book of Acts and the other epistles. I have to share with you that Jesus said, "I am the way." Let me translate that. Jesus said, I am the race course. You need to follow Jesus. You need to follow the leader. I used to play that game when you're kids, but now it's for real. And heaven hangs in the balance. If you're not looking into the pages of the New Testament, and if you're not looking how Jesus treats people, you're going to treat people like you've learned from the world. And I tell you what, before I became a Christian, you wouldn't have liked me. Because I like to exploit people. And I wasn't as good as this one guy that watches and figures you out. Praise God he's a Christian. I'm thankful. He's encouraged me over and over and over again. He knows my tells. But when I was not a Christian, I would use people. And I would know when there was a frailty or a weakness, and I'd exploit it. You're saying, that's sick, man. Yeah, it is sick. It's sick. It's gross. But that's not who I am now. Praise God those those sounds like weird stuff but those skills talents and abilities that i learned as a sicko i now use for good because i want people to get to heaven i don't care about whatever they could give to me that's not what's the big deal what is is i want them to get to heaven how many of you have had bible study with me before please raise your hand okay it's usually on your time and on my dime that's not normally how it works Preachers will tell you, meet meet at my office at 2.30 and you get a half an hour. Where's your office? Down the church building. Make sure you check in with the secretary. Now, I know that because I've seen that before. That's not how Jesus worked. He went where people were. What was convenient for them. See, brethren, we need to be like Jesus. We need to go where people are. We need to meet them where they're at. No judgment. Jesus never judged or condemned anybody. Did he discern a need in their hearts? Absolutely. We need to be like Jesus. Focus on Christ. Now, I learned a lesson from Kirk Parks many years ago, and unfortunately, I tested it to see if it was true. And it is true. He said, you know what? You need to be really careful what you focus on. He was talking about, and I hope I get the story right, he was talking about when he was riding, because he rides bicycles, really nice bicycles, Long, long distances, and he says, "You know, there's one time he's focused on this rock on the. I, mean, I hope I can get in this right. You're, you're, you're focusing on a rock or something, and and you and you didn't want to hit the rock, but you were looking at it and you hit the rock. Is, is that right? Did you did I get the story right? Focused on, you know, trying to avoid the rock. You're, you're looking at the rock. and trying to, to avoid other, it. Right. Other ways. Yeah, and then you hit it. Right. What you focus on is where you end up. So I was riding my bicycle here. I don't ride my bicycle very much, you can tell. But uh, I was on my bicycle and I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna avoid that rock because I was thinking of what he told me. Now this was a a a long time ago. Man, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was trying to avoid that rock because I was watching it to make sure I wouldn't hit it. I was gonna hit that rock. How'd that work? It's weird, man. You know, what you focus on is where you go. Men, if you're focused on all the negative stuff, guess how you're going to act. Guess what your face is going to look like. If you're focused on all the negative, what's your face going to look like? You tell me. Man, you go in the, even though they make you cover your face, you can see it in their eyeballs. They're just freaking out. What you focusing on? I'm focusing on a kingdom that's forever. I'm focused on a people that are powerful. I'm focused on a God that is able to do the impossible and has and will continue. I'm going to choose him. You see, focus on Jesus. Do you think Jesus had a bad day when he went to the cross? How many think that was a bad day? Man, do your study. That was the worst of all human days for any human being. And did he have an attitude that powered through, that he was concerned about everybody else? Yes or no? Absolutely, positively. Where was his focus? On the pain of the cross or the pain that the people around him were going to experience if they didn't become Christians? That one thief that was hurling abuse at him. If he, There was two thieves hurling abuse at him, right? They were cursing him. If you're the son of God, save yourself with us. And then one guy had a change of heart. Because he heard Jesus say, Father, forgive these soldiers. They don't know what they're doing. And, and these, these Jewish leaders, they think they're getting rid of a, a, a false teacher, but they're killing the Messiah. See, he was, that guy was listening to Jesus. And then finally he figured it out. And you know what he said? You know what he said? Hey, Jesus, would you remember me when you come in your kingdom? And Jesus said, well, of course, today you'll be with me in paradise. See how Jesus lived in the most horrific day of his life? Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. That's the author and perfecter of your faith. Look to him. He's the leader. And brethren, that's so critically important. If you're not searching the scriptures to see how Jesus is compassionate and gentle and courageous and strong and and wise and working with each individual, if you're not looking to Jesus in the scriptures, you're going to do something else and follow some other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't like to read the Bible. It's boring. (laughs) Well, I hope you don't think that because if you really go in there with the purpose of seeing how Jesus treats people and you take note, oh, that's what compassion looks like. I never knew. Some of you knew me when I was a brand new Christian. Compassion was not something that uh, I had begun to manifest. You know, Christ was in me. You know, Christ is perfectly compassionate. But if you would have met me, Tyler, way back in the day, He would have said, no, I don't think I'm interested in spending time with you. No, thank you very much. I mean, that's how it was. In fact, there are some people, right, Kirk, that were going, yeah, I don't want nothing to do with that guy, okay? Now Kirk's a dear, beloved brother and dear friend. So the key is what? So look to Jesus and allow him to transform you by the renewing of your mind as you see how to live your life. That's critical. Now look at the second point. The second point is really important uh, here. To fix your eyes on Jesus He's the author and perfecter of your faith. He's the author and perfecter of your faith. Now, what does that mean, author? Well, what does an author do? He writes a book, sells a bazillion copies. Everybody believes he's the guru for whatever nonsense he's spewing. And then they follow him and then realize that didn't work out very well. But man, I'll tell you what, he's the author of your life. Jesus says, my words our spirit and life here's your life this is not a self-help book this is the reality of who we are as christians when you look to jesus you're seeing who he has empowered you to become when you look in the book of acts and those amazing heroes in the book of acts those are people who are following jesus be imitators of christ as beloved children as we heard and so let's, let's consider this for just a minute. The word author means the preeminent leader, the leader and example of the faith, and thus affords us our example on how to live our lives. The leader and example of the faith, and thus offers us our example of how to live our lives. I don't know about you, I had enough, I didn't know anything about being a husband. Cheryl's say, like, yep, that's pretty much it. And some of you are at our wedding. Oh, it was so wonderful, you know. And and then we jump into the marriage, you know. The weddings are always great. It's the marriages that are kind of more complicated. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And everybody looks happy, and they are happy for an hour or two. But, uh, you know, when you get to live in real life, it gets a little interesting. Well, eight years into our marriage, we were deciding we don't like this interesting anymore. You know, and we were close to divorce. And uh, praise God, we went to the preacher that married us, and he both stuck his big fat finger in our face and said, You are selfish. And uh, he did that to me first, and Sharon's sure going, And then it wasn't just a moment later, he sticks his big finger into Sharon's face, You are selfish, in a word. And you know what? I was going, <laughs> You know, it's like, Are you kidding me? Well, he was absolutely right. Jesus said, love is sacrificial. And that's, we were not sacrificing for each other. Jesus said, I laid my life down for you 100%. He's the husband, the perfect example. And I was not following his example. But that preacher shook me up. And then my brother Steve came out for a week. Anybody know my brother Steve? Spending a week with my brother Steve? Good night. I mean, every day, hey, we're going out to breakfast. No, no. (laughs) Yes, you're going out to breakfast with me and I'm buying. Therefore, you owe me. I mean, it was hard stuff. A week that guy brutalized me. (laughs) I mean, I'm serious. You know my brother, Steve. Good night. So anyway, after about a week, I realized maybe what the preacher said was really true. I am selfish. Jesus says, you want to come after me? He says, deny yourself. Take up your cross, personal sacrifice, and follow me. That's what he says. That's what he says. You have to deny yourself. I wasn't denying myself. Sharon was supposed to do everything for me, and I'm just the guy that comes home and gets fed and watches television and do whatever I want to do. You know, the boy toys and the, you know, hanging. Yeah, nope. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what we do. Brethren, it's so important for us to recognize and understand. If you want to have the abundant life that Jesus was talking about, if you want to be on the course that wins, you need, as it says here, to allow him to lead. He's the one that's established your faith, your life. The word perfecter is rather interesting. The state of being complete or perfect. In other words, he perfectly ran the course he set the course for you all you need to do is look to him and follow his lead that's all you need to do and you're saying that's a trick statement preacher because i've looked at Jesus. there's a lot to it yes you're right but really that's all you need to do is look to jesus and go okay that's how he treated people that's how i'm going to treat people and then you treat people that way it's absolutely amazing how it works the state of being perf- complete or perfect. To walk in a state of moral or spiritual perfection. That's impossible, preacher. We can't do that. Well, if you read your Bible, you'll come to realize, God says, I'm giving you the power to do that. I'm giving you the power to do that. You tap into the gospel of glory. A lot of people don't even know what that is. Study with me and you'll find out what the gospel of glory is. You'll read it and you'll go, well, I guess I can. It is possible because it says it right there. Let me quote you a Bible verse. Everyone who has the, their hope fixed on Jesus coming back from them, Christians, purifies themselves just as he is pure. I just quoted you word perfect. 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. How perfect is Jesus? It's not a trick question. How, how, it's not a trick question. Absolutely. Jessica, how perfect is Jesus? 100% perfect. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Purify yourself just as he is pure. Oh, I quoted another verse you. Sorry, that slipped out. Okay. Look as possible, but not with your strength. His strength not with what you've learned in the past from all the people that you learned it from, but learning it from him. It's possible. But when you say, oh, I can't do that, guess what? You're right. You can't with that mindset, with that focus. But if you say, you know what? God says I can, and I got to learn how. Teach me, Lord, how, and I'll walk that way. Then you are transformed and then are able to live that. Remember I told you I was training for a marathon? (laughs) <laughs> Brittany, what are you laughing about? I really was. Man. Brittany, I do it. Tyler and Brittany are really cool folks. You got to meet them. Anyway, so uh, they're they're willing to put up with me to do some Bible studies. I'm pretty excited about that. I've never even told you about my... Anyway, it's another story I'll tell you when we get together. Look, it takes time as a bald, fat old man to get ready to run a marathon. You just don't do it in a week or a day or... In my case, ten years. You, uh, it takes a while. See? I haven't toyed with the the idea of trying it again. Notice, I toyed with the idea. Anyway, let's look at Galatians two twenty. Let's look at Galatians two. What does Galatians two twenty say? Now, I'm going to read it the way it was written in the original Greek. It's very similar to the English. Some of you heard this before, and I hope you've written it in your Bibles. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians 2.20, and if you want to make a little change, I've changed all of the passages in my Bible that should read this way. The Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in this physical body. I live by the faith of The son of God. Most translations say faith in the son of God. Well, I believe in Jesus that he was perfect. I believe he is perfect. I believe he saved my soul. I believe he sacrificed himself. But now, you're going to walk by the faith of Christ? That means you need to be sacrificing for somebody. Amen? If you're going to walk by the faith of Jesus, that means you need to be sacrificing for somebody. Or maybe I should say somebodies like everybody's that's what Jesus did amen and so as we take a look at this I have been crucified with Christ can you say that as a Christian can you say I've been crucified with Christ well if you're a Christian you are crucified with Christ and by the way can you say it's no longer I who live but Christ lives in me if you're a Christian Christ lives in you and that old man was put to death so Christ is in you and now the choice and the life which I live in this body, I choose to live by his faith. And faith comes by hearing the word of God. I have to share with you, and I've told this many, many times before, you know what? For those of you who do know me, I wasn't very compassionate. I wasn't. It was like, just get over your pain. Get it figured out. I'm, I'm sorry you, you feel that way. You should grow up that's how i treated people that's sick man that's not what jesus did jesus man he hurt when people hurt he cried when people cried he touched people he got near them and touched people even even the lepers who were untouchable he reached out and touched in compassion and i looked at all the scriptures on the compassion of christ You see someone's hurt. You put yourself in their shoes and you feel their hurt and it moves you to reach out and help. That's compassion. You can learn that. You can learn compassion by looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter. It's all in here. Look up every time the word compassion and Jesus is there and you're going to see every single time. He saw their hurt. He felt their hurt. And he did something to heal their hurt. That's compassion. That's Bible. You can do that. And all the other wonderful character qualities. But finally, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 in this, in this uh, section uh, of our lesson. Ephesians 2. As I continue to work on this, I'll continue to reveal to you the things I'm finding. For you are his workmanship. You are his, literally, you are his masterpiece that's what that means workmanship his magnificent masterpiece you are a magnificent masterpiece how many of you know the bible clearly teaches that once god created you in your mother's womb he broke the mold he'll never create another wonderful amazing human like you he broke the mold that's what it says in uh psalms 139 He will not create anyone else like you. He's never created anyone else like you. You are one of a kind. You are priceless. You are powerful and you are called for a particular purpose. You are gifted with skills, talents, and abilities and a personhood that only you are able to reach certain people, to change the world in a certain way. Only you. That's how powerful you are. But you can take all the gifts and wonderful personality that you have and you can give it to service of self and you'll never ever be happy you'll never ever be fulfilled because you were created to serve God with all of the amazing unique gifts talents and abilities in personhood please understand that but you need to also recognize here You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. As a Christian, you are created. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Beautifully created in your mother's womb. And when you become a Christian, you become a son or daughter of God. Powered by the Holy Spirit. Free from the clutches of the devil. You can destroy the devil. It says in 1 Corinthians that if we'll walk by faith, we will crush the head of the devil. Christians will crush the head of the devil just like it was prophesied that Jesus on the cross in his sacrifice would crush the head of the devil so when we make sacrifices people the devil's grip is lost when you are kind and compassionate with people when you're gentle with people it says the kindness of God leads us to repentance when you live the life of Christ people see a difference and they want They want that life that you have. They start asking questions. It happens. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. It's awesome. It's not me. It's Christ in me. It's not you. It's Christ in you. That's what draws people to God. Remember, I no longer live. Christ lives in me. There's the power. Jesus speaking and 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 working through me as a representative of Christ. That's who we are, amen? That's what the book says. Be imitators of God as beloved children. And notice what it says in the last part of this verse, which God prepared beforehand, good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If I ever run a marathon, I'm going to run according to The map, on what roads? I'm not going to go on my own. That would be dumb if I'm going to work for 10 years or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll do a marathon. If not, I'll make it to heaven, and that's my marathon. I'm going to follow the course. Can you imagine not following the course? What a bummer, wasting all that time. The course is the life of Christ. If you have the faith of Christ, you walk in his footsteps, and people see it. And the world has changed, not just for you, but for them. Finally, I want to close with this. Back to the book of Hebrews. Back to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, the last part of verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the faith of Jesus Christ. Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down, at the right hand of the throne of god so what's the motivation to win you know how many people have said well the joy set before him was all the people who had become christians i would say yes that's true but that's not the whole part i have down three h's heaven home and his honey you know jesus has a honey you know okay did you know that man she's cute Woo! She's amazing how many know what I'm talking about? Okay, good. All right, you say, this is weird, man. You're getting weird. You're going off on a tangent here. It's scary, okay? You know what the scripture clearly teaches? He couldn't wait to get back to heaven, but he would to fulfill God's plan. He was so excited to be back with his father, his dad. My dad didn't die in the Lord. I'll never get to see him again. Death is not our friend. It's not. You'll get to see your dad again, and I'll get to see him too. But I won't get to see my dad. Jesus wanted so much to see his dad. Look at John chapter 17. He says, I can't wait to get back to be with you, dad. That's what he says. Several times. Wow. He wanted back to heaven. He wanted back home. And he knew if he lived it right, his bride would prepare herself to meet him someday. You know, brethren, I want you to turn real quick to the book of Revelation chapter 19. Man, I'm living for this verse. I don't know about you. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. When I see my Christ face to face, My faith is no longer faith, but it's sight. I will be made whole. Then I'll be united with him truly as as one body. Let us rejoice and be glad. Verse 7, Revelation chapter 19 and verse 7. Let us rejoice and be glad. Give glory to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her, the bride, to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Who's the bride of Christ? The church. We are betrothed. We are betrothed to him right now, engaged as it were, but betrothed to him right now. We should have eyes for no other but Jesus. He has eyes for no other but you and me. And someday the wedding will take place. It's going to be in heaven. Now the question is, Is are you and I going to be clothed in the righteous acts of the saints? Remember, purify yourself just as he is pure. I want to get to heaven and I want to hear, well done thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. That's a choice we get to make. So the question is, is will you endure the crosses in your life like he endured the cross for you? Will you endure the crosses in your life and the crosses could be many and varied in your life because he endured the cross for you? Will you? Remember what we said it. Hey, you want to come after me? Deny yourself? Take up your cross and follow me. What sacrifices do you need to make? If you're a husband, let me encourage you. Lay your life down for your wife. She's not your doormat. You're an idiot if you think that. I'll say that again on record. You're an idiot if you think that. You're an idiot if you treat her that way. Because it'll come back to you because as you treat your wife, it comes back. But I'll tell you what, if you nourish and cherish and value and love sacrificially your wife, it'll come back to you. Just how that works. Ladies, please recognize and understand to choose to come under your husband's authority, to walk by him and support him and encourage him as he serves the Lord. Wow, it's absolutely amazing. My wife and I, after that first eight years of disaster, have turned it around. And it's so awesome. We are serving together so much. And we are serving others. But we're encouraging each other and praying for each other as we serve. My wife, before she came here this morning, I'm bringing my wife a little bit. She brought goodies down to one of the the fire stations. And uh, they know her as Jake's mom. And talk about a hero Talk about a hero. I mean, there are heroes, right? Uh-uh. Sharon is their hero. And I'm telling you what, they just think she's amazing because she appreciates them and she values them. And we together are supporting them. See, he who waters others waters himself. God designed that. It's beautiful. So brethren, so important, despising the shame. Listen for just a minute. Are you ashamed of the name of Jesus? I'm not. I'm not at all. I've decided the last year, I'm sick of the devil riding roughshod on everybody. So I'm doing this thing called Thin Blue Line Coalition. And it's made up of a whole bunch of folks. Some are people who are atheists. And I went in there and I said, "Our, our country was founded on the principles of God. I'll prove it to you. And so I started quoting a bunch of stuff from our founding fathers. And they were like, wow, how do you know all that stuff? And so I said, Benjamin Franklin said, you cannot raise up a great nation without the help of God. Did you know to this day, our Congress will not start Congress until they pray? And that's because Benjamin Franklin said, you cannot raise a nation without the help of Almighty God. So you know what I'm doing in this? Atheists and everybody. I'm praying to start our meetings. thin blue line, supporting our men in blue, men and women in blue. Praying. And then after we're done, I'm praying. And you know what's the coolest thing? One of the guys that, uh, philosophy major, really a nice guy. He goes, I don't really believe and understand who you're praying to, but I sure do appreciate what we're doing. I'm okay with that. Because he's seeing a man, conviction, and he's seeing the blessing that we're able to bring because we're sacrificing ourselves for those who are sacrificing for us. Powerful picture. That's how Jesus lived. Finally, let me share with you. If you'll run the course, if you'll live the life, if you'll keep his faith, you will be seated with him in heaven. I don't know about you, The the alternative is terrible. And I'm coming to realize this world is really not my home. Everything I've gone after just doesn't seem to last. Bank accounts get drained. Trucks fall apart. People forsake you. I mean, it's just, that's how that is. That's how this life is. But you know what? Jesus has never left me or forsaken me. And whenever I've taken one of his principles, I am going to try it. It's always brought about a blessing. It always has. Brethren, let me share with you. Jesus came to give abundant life, not to be fearful, but abundant life, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. That's our life. What the devil's trying to put on this world right now Reject it and embrace the power there is and enduring and staying the course of the life of Jesus Christ through his faith. Let's pray. I'm so deeply thankful dear Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to be able to serve you. And, and Father, the principles that we find in the scriptures are so powerful. They help us to live our lives as you lived your life. And as we do that, we come to realize, Father, that there's great joy in serving other people. And, it, and, and the principles of the scriptures come pouring into our lives and the blessings come. Yeah, it's hard. It's tough. But regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, life's tough. But to have the blessings come, even in those difficult times. Father, we just praise you and thank you for your word, for it truly is spirit and life for us it is a lamp unto our feet a light unto our path it keeps us from stumbling we praise you and thank you for that now we pray that we would fix our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him he endured that cross he despised the shame and he is seated at your right hand just as you have promised for us we praise you in jesus name amen Alright, let's stand and get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to... Go. Go! Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do it. Let's get it done.